The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Point. CeCe on the right point. His shot all just tipped wide. Out of the right wing corner, McLeod scores! Ryan McLeod steps out from behind the net and goes right upstairs. The Oilers are up 3-2. This one goes to 11. The Edmonton Oilers win again. Ryan McLeod with the game winner with 3.05 left in the third period. 4-2 the final against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So yes, it is an 11-game winning streak for your Edmonton Oilers, extending their own franchise record. McLeod with a goal and an assist as the Oilers, as we've seen them do, stay with it and rally in the third period to get the victory. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's one minute before 10 o'clock, live in Studio 99, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, a spirited high-energy game against the Toronto Maple Leafs who took the lead 27 seconds in and led 2-0 just past the halfway point of the second period. But the Oilers staying calm, staying tenacious, and eventually pulling it out. And a lot of good storylines, well, for well over a month now for the Oilers, but certainly in this game. But we'll start with uh, Ryan McLeod, who assists on... Oh, let's go downstairs, actually. We got head coach Chris Knobloch. Adjustments and really has no impact on the game. Yeah, we got off to a slow start. I didn't like it. Um, they're a good team. Throughout the game, there's going to be pushes from the opposition where they're the better team, and there's going to be times when we're the better team, and hopefully over the course of the game, we're the better team more often. And uh, There was chances or times during the game where we're looking to maybe make changes later in the game. Um, you know, we did some things, offensive zone face-offs. I believe we scored two two goals, putting uh, Leon and um, Connor together. Uh, one with Kane, one with uh, McLeod that led to goals. You know, we made little adjustments there, but ultimately the game's about the players. Players usually figure it out. It's up to them to execute, and, you know, they, they have been. I just wanted to get your... Uh thinking about putting McLeod on that line with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl? Well, I thought he's, he had a heck of a game. Um, and then there's also the time of game where you look at ice times and who had been out there at a certain time and, uh, you know, are they, they tired? And, you know, there's a lot of decisions making at that moment. And I think at the time, I think McLeod was fresh where a lot of other guys weren't, and also he had a pretty good game so far. Um, so that, that ultimately led to my decision. Yeah, and uh, Stuart Skinner, another great game from him. Just some thoughts on his play tonight. Skinner's been great. He's been great for a long time and solid right from day one since I've been here. That's what I've seen, and right now he's been spectacular. Tonight I thought we had more zone time. We were in their um, end a little bit more. But I think we had the breakdowns. They had more grade-A scoring chances, and that's where he came up huge. And, you know, there's late in the first period, I don't know, about five minutes left, or I'm not sure when it happened, but that one-time save he made off um, Blake Holmberg, um, you know, that was 
you know, we're down two or going into the second period, that might be a little bit different. But, you know, he was um, very key for us. Chris, I just want to go back to the, the question before about the, you know, putting McLeod on that line with, with Dreisaitl and McDavid there. Did the Hyman hit a little bit earlier from McCabe have anything to do with that? Is Hyman okay? No, they were, that line had been out there. They were tired. Um, McDavid's still a pretty good player, even when he's tired. And, um, yeah, no, I think with Ryan and Hyman, I think they'd been out there for a while. So we left Connor out there, put Leon out there. And I know I think um, Leon's line was out there a little bit longer before. And uh, Kane and Fogle, I, you know, weren't quite rested. I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I think that's what ultimately led, led to my decision there. I don't think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Hyman took another shift after that hit. Is, is do you have any update or am I out? Oh, he's fine. Yeah, no, he's uh, banged up. Needs a ice bag or two, but uh, uh, yeah, no, he's he's good. So what was it like getting, sorry, DVD, uh, getting Ryan McLeod back in the lineup tonight and just being able to kind of move him around a little bit and the kind of the, the contribution he's he's had kind of at center there. As a coach, it's nice to have versatility, being able to manage your lineup a little bit. You need a little more speed on the wings or uh, center depth, whatever it is. But uh, I look at our centermen tonight, and I was very happy with them. I thought they played really well. Uh, with, um, you know, Connor played great. Leon, too. Um, Hammy and his role in the fourth line, he contributed a lot, spent a lot of time in the offensive zone. McLeod on the third line, you know, they had a pretty good game. I scored a huge goal uh, setting up, uh, or he did, setting up Ryan there. Uh, yeah, it's nice having him back. Yeah, we're, we're enjoying it. Absolutely. It's be ignorant to say that it's not on our minds and it's not something we feel good about but I think what's more important is when we look at the standings and we see the teams that are you know we're in a playoff picture right now we got a wild card and we see teams right behind us and if we take a couple games off we're going to be out of the playoff picture again and but then we're also looking at teams above us and we're within striking distance we can maybe pass them guys and so yeah the streak is nice but the standings is more important. It's pretty unique, though. You're making history as you go through every game. Is that kind of in the background of what's going on? I don't think so. I think it's... We're, we're trying to set ourselves up as best possible for the playoffs. One, setting up ourselves for the playoffs is getting there, and that's the ultimate goal right now. Chris, when you're out behind the bench and your goaltender gets run over twice, or do you holding your, holding your breath, especially with Stu playing all these games? Absolutely, and it's not that uh, their guys, you know, deliberately run their goalies. You know, that usually gets the ire of uh, coach quite a bit. But you know, I don't think there was they're malicious by any means. Uh, yeah, any goaltender, you hold your breath. They're very valuable pieces to your team. Same with um, you know some of your skaters. But you know, goaltenders are very important, especially when they're playing as well as Stewart is right now. But. That's part of the game, and hopefully everything's okay. And Zach, does he get a goal called back every game? Yeah, for as many goals as he had, it's amazing, um, you know, how many more he could have if it wasn't for the, 
the ones that have called back on them, but hopefully um, they'll stop getting called back. Especially considering how beautiful a goal that was. That was a heck of a goal. That's 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 a shame. They should almost ignore the it was offside just because it was such a pretty goal. I'm sure you would like that, but the other team was not. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So it's one thing to have a, a lot of skill on your team, but poise and belief and character, those kind of seem to be the tools that are being sharpened now. How important is that moving forward for this team? Um, we're working on our all-round game, whether it's um, defending, blocking shots, uh, our breakouts, goal scoring. You know, it's we're not happy with anything right now. There's times throughout the season where something's going to be really good and something's been neglected and it's falling apart and we need to address it and move on and fix that problem and move on to the next thing so right now I think we're we're very happy with the team defense I think guys are committed checking we're moving our feet forwards and defensemen and when there are breakdowns our goalies have been well or played really well but you know we're starting to slip and having more breakdowns than um we typically like, you know, maybe we'll, well, not maybe, we will correct those and try and uh, correct that. Just on Stu Skinner and the workload, I mean, was this the plan for him to play this much or did the streak have something to do with that and where are you at on managing his, his fatigue levels? No, absolutely, we're managing his uh, workload. You look at our schedule through the month of January, it's pretty light. We never play back-to-back uh, -back games. Uh, three days a week, three games a week. Uh, you know, obviously when we hit March and April, it changes quite a bit. But we, uh, we kind of have a plan. Our coaching staff gets together. We kind of have a plan, talk about what do you think is best for us moving forward. And we usually look um, two or three weeks ahead. And, you know, some things are set. That's definitely going to be a Stewart's game. And this one's maybe 50-50. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, we think about practice time and back-to-back, -back, the opposition, all those kind of things right now, and how well the goalies are playing right now. Does it look like he needs a break? Um, you know, but right now, the plan was for him to have a significant amount of games in January. Thanks, okay, thank you. That is Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Yes, 11 consecutive victories for the Oilers, 4-2 over the Leafs tonight. Edmonton 19-3 in the last 22 games. All right, Rob, let's start with Ryan McLeod, who assists on Derek Ryan's game-tying goal early in the third and then scores the game-winner late in the third. Well, when the Oilers were struggling to get secondary scoring and they wanted to get Leon and his line mates going, they moved McLeod and, and Fogel up. And playing with Le Leon, you can gain a lot of confidence because uh, offensively he makes players around him better. And I think both Fogel and McLeod started to gain confidence. And when you gain confidence as a player, then you start making your own plays. You don't always rely on someone else. And we saw that in the games that they were aligned, Fogel, Dreisaitl, and, and McLeod, that it wasn't just all on the back of Leon. Fogel was making nice plays. McLeod was making nice plays. On the goal that Derek Ryan scored, 
A wonderful play by, by McLeod. And if you watch him coming from behind the net, he's got his head up trying to find a guy. Now, what we saw with Ryan McLeod a lot last year and early this season, he liked staying on the perimeter. And he would just keep skating and go up the boards. He was looking for a play. And the, the easy play and the simple play was coming to Cody Cece, who was creeping into the zone. He took an extra step, made sure he had a good passing angle, and he found the best player to put the puck on the stick of and Derek Ryan puts the puck in the back of the net and then on the the goal that McLeod scores again he goes around the blue paint comes out and doesn't just stay on the perimeter he attacks the net uh Leon or excuse me Connor McDavid he is tied up with Austin Matthews McLeod realizes that puts his stick in a good shooting angle and, and fires the puck far side so uh, he's just becoming more and more confident you like the move that the coaching staff made, getting McLeod out there on a face-off. They had a tired group, so he put out his fastest two players and his best passer, and he had the three of them out there, and they took advantage of a tired group. But Ryan McLeod, huge game tonight. Derek Ryan, big goal tonight. Again, the Oilers, if you're going to win 11 straight, it's not going to be on the back of one thing. You've got to find a lot of different guys, a lot of different heroes on different nights. And tonight, Ryan McLeod, he was one of the Edmonton Oilers' best players. He was the first star. Derek Ryan was the second star. Austin Matthews, who was dangerous and scored tonight for the Leafs, the third star. The fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. I have not, I don't know if you can read my mind. Guess, well, guess who I'm picking. Well, I, I mean, to me, the, the Oilers don't get a, two points in this hockey game without Stuart Skinner. Yep. Uh, the, the Oilers could have been down 3 nothing after the first three shifts. The save that he made on the two-on-one with, I think it was Holmberg, Holmberg the shot. From, from a pass from Matthews. But I, I'm sitting up there thinking, I mean, one guy's got 34 goals on the season. The other guy has two. Matthews, you probably want to shoot that puck. Wonderful play. Skinner reads it, makes a big save. Stuart Skinner has given them quality start after quality start. Both goaltenders were excellent in this game, but one goalie made a mistake. Jones made one mistake on the dry settle goal. That was the difference in the hockey game. So Stuart Skinner continues his fantastic run. Yeah, he was excellent. Stops 25 out of 27 in Skinner's last 17 games. He's 15-2 and two with a 9.30 save percentage. Well, <laughs> you're going to win a lot of games. And I believe his goals against average is under two yep. in those games. So you all he's telling the, the Oilers, all right, you score three goals, we're going to win. The Edmonton Oilers offense usually is going to find a way to get three goals. Tonight they did. And Stuart Skinner, uh, he's put to rest any thoughts of the Edmonton Oilers needing a different starter going forward. Yeah, he'll be the guy. I mean, they, they could still do something in net, but I don't think it's going to be to replace Skinner. It's no. going to be to help Skinner. Yeah, 100%. Sure. But, uh, I mean, he, uh, uh, that chance David Kampf got in alone, mm-hmm. players forcing at the puck, Skinner just... Well, I think Holds him. Oh, there were a few scrambles. Didn't like Camp have two of those? Because he had the other one where yeah, one of the third period. Yeah, so cut, he had two where he cut the into pad, the yeah. net. Uh, there was one. Matthews ripped one. He walked down the slot and he ripped one off the shoulder of uh, of Skinner. Uh, there was two breakaways in the second period. Nylander had a breakaway and Skinner got just a piece of it. Uh, he was good. They, and it's funny. Um, I, I liked what Knobloch said. He said, "I thought we carried a lot of the play." and had a lot of zone time, but we did have more breakdowns defensively than we'd like. And there were, I can think of three breakaways and a couple two-on-ones that the Toronto Maple Leafs had. Stuart Skinner had to be good for the Edmonton Oilers to win this hockey game. I believe the Oilers were the better of the two teams, but the Maple Leafs certainly had ample opportunities to make this a different hockey game. Well, and 
I mean, I, 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 there still would have been over 58 minutes left, but Tyler Bertuzzi hit the post with an open net a minute 47 into the game, and that, that would have changed the whole feel of the arena well, at that point. And, and the Leafs had a four-on-two. Went offside. On the, on the second, went offside, and there was no back checkers. The three Oilers got caught right in front well, of the Leon Leafs. collided. He collided with, with, I think it was Kane, and then also, they had a four-on-two, and they would have had time, there would have been like a, uh, a an offensive situation in a basketball game where they could have passed it around, because there was no Oilers coming back at that point, and they put themselves offside, and then there was the two-on-one with Matthews and Holberg, then there was the one-off the Post the Maple Leafs came out flying in this game. Yep. Fourth, or excuse me, third game in four nights. Fatigue might have been an issue as the game went on the third period. But the the one thing we talked about with John Shannon before the show, and I talked with Bob after the game. The Oilers, if things go sideways, and the Oilers is they've won 11 straight, but there have been games where they've been hemmed in. There's good teams out there. Team trailing pushes when they get hemmed in. They've got a, a, a pairing where they can put Nurse on. they got a pairing where they can put Ekholm on. They've got two solid pairings. That, to me, is the difference between the two teams right now. The Toronto Maple Leafs, I think Morgan Riley's an outstanding defenseman. He is a superstar in this league. But when he's not on the ice, I don't believe the Toronto Maple Leafs are as strong with a second pairing. And I think that the Edmonton Oilers took advantage of that as the game went on. 4-2, the Oilers win it, so a $400 donation to 630-10 is anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They fill the net with a $100 donation every time the Oilers score, including a well, almost length of the ice empty netter from Evan Bouchard. Is that still a Bouch bomb? The, not no, the, velocity, the length. Not the velocity, but the length. No, it was that, like a long bomb That pass. would be a, a, a curling... Uh, shot. Uh, it, that would be one where if it didn't make it to the goal line, he'd be yelling at his sweepers for not getting it across the goal line. It was funny when I, I think it was Riley that was going back. I'm not positive. But I think the defenseman at first thought, okay, this is in for sure. But then it slowed down. Then he's like, oh my goodness, I might be able to get it. And then he got there just too late. Uh, I don't think Bouchard was trying to hit the net. I think Bouchard's trying to get it out without icing the puck. Yep. But he put it on a pretty good angle and it found the back of the net. Uh, I thought Bouchard started the game shaky, but a couple big moments later in the hockey game made up for it. So the Oilers take it 4-2. It is indeed 11 consecutive victories. It's also a win for Starla. Set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. She gets the $50 gift card. I set the line at three and a half. Combined goals by four of the top 20 goal scorers in the league. Dreisaitl, Matthews, Nylander, and Hyman. So it's two because Dreisaitl and Matthews scored. Hyman had the goal disallowed. And Nylander uh, did hit the crossbar on a breakaway and looked very good. I mean, he's their leading scorer by eight or nine he, points. He's a very, very nice yeah. hockey player, yes. But uh, it, Starla took the uh, under, so she gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. You are going to hear from Ryan McLeod, from Leon Dreisaitl, from Stuart Skinner. We can also hear from you tonight. 780-496-0063 is our hotline, powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Edmonton 4, Toronto 2 is the final. Back with more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Off his stick and it goes wide of the Edmonton goal. Matthews, he'll steal. He'll get it across. The shot. Oh, what a stop by Skinner. He robs Holmberg off the right side and the puck cleared out. 
remarkable save by Skinner with 2.22 left in the first period. That was one Rob was describing earlier. That's Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner backstopping the Oilers to their 11th straight win, 4-2 over the Maple Leafs. Here he is. Uh, just a thought, way to you know, grind that win out today. Just a good performance rate. Yeah, it was a massive two points. Uh, I think we stuck with it through the whole uh, 60 minutes. Again, uh, you know, down going in the third. What does it take to reset when that happens early on in a game like that? Not just your team, but for you to reset from something like that. Yeah, it's been, uh, I think it's happened the last three or four games in a row. We let in the first, uh, very first shot, and then we pretty well shut it down after that. So uh, for myself, it's just... There's a lot of game left. There's uh, so, um, especially when it happens in the first. So, just trying to, you know, refocus, get back uh, to doing my job, and same with the guys in front of me. You run us through those two collisions and goal crease. Uh, yeah, the one with uh, Tavares. Uh, he was really nice about it afterwards, um, which is nice. But um, yeah, he kind of just ran into me. I uh, got a piece of my uh, my leg, so kind of just kind of waited. A- a couple seconds just because sometimes you don't feel anything from uh, adrenaline so uh, but yeah I was all good um, skated it off and then uh, do you mean the second one yeah, the second on the breakaway oh yeah that was a that was just a fight fight for my life to keep the puck uh, <laughs> keep the puck out of the net so uh, we managed to do it which was big that workload you're, you're taking on right now is kind of similar to last year. Did you learn something from last year to be able to kind of take on the workload? Yeah, uh, I learned last year that uh, it's really important to obviously take care of your body. Um, I remember having a conversation with uh, Jack Campbell last year about you know playing a lot of games in a row, and um, you know after you play a lot, you know it can be fatiguing on the body. So a um, couple a uh, couple tricks up the sleeve to keep the body uh, rested and uh, and uh, just feeling good and. The big thing is sleep. <laughs> Did you get an arm on that Neilander breakaway? Like yeah. Yeah, I went uh, went off my shoulder, I believe. Seemed like you were. Uh, I don't know if a goaltender could have an aggressive night, but just a night where you were kind of on it, coming out to attack, maybe some of their chances and stuff. Is that the way you have to play against those kinds of shooters? And uh, really depends the moment. Um, I think that uh, that involves just kind of knowing. Uh, the time of the game, um, knowing who's about to shoot it. So uh, a little bit of uh, hockey IQ, I guess you'd say. But, um, yeah, I mean, they were making some on, uh, some really good plays. So you had to stay on your toes for sure. And uh, you got to give a lot of credit to those guys. They played a heck of a game. That was a solid game. Obviously, you won 11, so this team hasn't done that before. But have you ever been in a position where this all the things are working on this team? I mean, the goaltending's good. The PK's awesome. You're coming back every third period never out of a game I'm not sure we've seen all these elements in one place before have you um i'm not too sure to be honest i we i mean i remember when Eki got traded over here we were on a incredible heater uh, as well but um just knowing how we feel uh feel right now as a, as a squad i think um uh, you kind of said it like we're just feeling really good and i think that uh the big reason for that is actually how we started um you know being able to come together as a as a team and uh you know, no men behind. So it's been uh, it's been fun uh, being able to you know play like this together. Just follow up on, on Mark's question, and not only offense, but it seems like a lot of different guys chipping in. What do you say, I guess, about the, the depth contributions, especially in the third period, to pull you guys ahead? Massive. Uh, we got we got four solid lines that have been working. Um, 
you know, obviously we got uh, got some top dogs, but I think uh, so much credit should be going to the guys in the third and fourth line. Um, I mean, they've they keep the puck out of the net, they defend hard, uh, they get the puck in deep. They you know they're rolling, uh, and you can tell that they're feeling it too. So that's uh, that's massive for for every any team. A bit of a different atmosphere with so many Toronto fans out there. I'm just curious, what's it like to, does it change your approach to the game when it feels like a playoff game in January? Uh, yeah, it did feel a bit of like a playoff game. It was so loud in there. Um, kind of had a couple, uh, it was a little bit of a reminder of kind of what playoffs was like last year. So uh, it definitely makes it a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad that we were able to beat uh, beat Toronto and uh, beat the Toronto fans out there. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks. Stuart Skidder, goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers, who do beat the Maple Leafs uh, 4-2. So now, a crazy stat, the Leafs all-time in Rogers' place, 9-2-1. The <laughs> so Oilers uh, now have won the last two in regulation against the Maple Leafs, who <laughs> didn't lose in regulation for the first, uh, whatever it was, six years of this building. Uh, Rob, that's uh, Skinner, as usual, pretty uh, thoughtful and honest after games, but just... I mean, and we've said this before, but and you see this from goalies when they kind of get locked in, or they're or they're trusting what's happening in front of them, which I think is part of this too. Just, just comfortable, just, just solid, totally under control. Well, there's there's all kinds of different type of goalies. You got guys that are floppers. You got guys that uh, understand the positioning. There's guys that are fiery. There's guys that are calm. Uh, I, I believe this team excels when they have a calm goalie back there, someone that just never. Uh, seems to get down on himself. Uh, if a goal gets past him, he just looks out of the face-off circles, all right, let's go to the next one, and seems to be making the big saves when the saves are needed. What I liked about Stuart Skinner earlier in the season, uh, he came in, it was a, a tough night, I can't remember which game it was, he gave up four or five, and they asked about the game, he goes, actually, I thought it played pretty good. Um, you know, there's a couple I'm going to go watch in the watch it on the video and then see what I could do better, but you know, I, I thought I played good. I feel good out there. And that kind of confidence in his game just continued to translate into his practices. And then eventually, when the team started playing better, the stats for Stuart Skinner looked better. At the beginning of the season, there was a lot of question marks about goaltending. But when you start looking back at those games, they were facing breakaway after breakaway after two-on-one after three-on-one. And when you're under that kind of duress, shift after shift, goals find a way to get past you the Oilers are playing much better defensively and Stuart Skinner has just given them big save after big save there were a number of times in this game uh, early in the games the ones you were talking about if Nylander scores on his breakaway different game if Kemp scores on his breakaway different game and those are big saves the Oilers weren't getting earlier in the year and if they continue to get them this is this Oilers team is a hard out well just all around the the goal I mean in the time you and I have covered the Oilers together we have never seen something like this 19 goals against in 11 games no uh, 13 now in the last nine because the first two of this winning streak they won 6-3 and 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 4-3 but but now we're seeing they, they stay in games we're not seeing a team pull away by three or four or eight one or seven four games we saw earlier in the season and then if they they stay in there I mean even even allowing three or less with this Oilers team you know, you think, okay, can they can they be the team that gets to three or four? And we were seeing now that they can find that offense even if they got to climb from behind. Well, what we're seeing is uh, when the opposition has nights where their goalie stands on their head, and we've seen that a lot lately. 
the Oilers still find a way to win. Yeah. Now, this is something that didn't happen before. When the opposition goalie would stand on his head, the Oilers would lose the game 4-2. Uh, or they would lose the game 5-3. Or the Tampa game. I mean... They, they lose the game, although they, they badly outplayed Tampa. They found a way to lose the game. Now when the opposition has 47 saves, they find a way to win the game 2-1. They're, they're playing playoff-style hockey. You, you just, what we found the last number of years with the Oilers, you can't outscore your mistakes consistently against good teams. Right. And in the playoffs... They're all good teams. You can do it against bottom feeders. You can outscore the mistakes because those teams, they're at the bottom of the standings for a reason. But when you play the Vegas's, the Colorado's, the L.A.'s, Vancouver this year, you, you, you have to be able to play them in a game where you limit the chances they get. And maybe it's a 2-1 game. Demko stands on his head, we'll win 2-1. Uh, Aiden Hill stands on his head, we'll win 3-2. Those are the type of games the Oilers weren't winning in the past, but they are certainly winning them now. 4-2 tonight over the Leafs with three goals in the third period, including Ryan McLeod getting the game winner with 3.05 to go. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Ian standing by. Hi, Ian. Go ahead, please. You got me? Yeah, go ahead, Ian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just want to congratulate the gents. Uh, Ian from Brooklyn. Uh, I grew up in Edmonton. Just love the way the boys are playing. 11 straight, stunning with the stew. You got the Paul Coffey on the bench making the boys on the back end make some moves. Uh, are you guys still there? Yeah, we just have to turn our, our mics off because there, there are uh, more people than usual in Studio 99 for a Tuesday night. So, yeah, we'll let you wrap up here, Ian. All right. Uh, no, I, I just wanted to give props to everybody in Edmonton, and I think the team's doing great, all right? Sir, I don't where, where are you about calling nothing. from? Where, where are you calling from? Brooklyn, aren't you? Um, I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Sorry, nice. I couldn't hear that off the top. I'm a big, that. I'm a big fan of Brooklyn, New York, too. I stayed there a couple of years ago with my wife. Wonderful, wonderful area to go hang out in. Uh, yeah, there's there's Oilers fans all over the place right now, and there should be because the Oilers right now are playing, well, better than they've ever played in their history of their regular season with their 11th straight win tonight. Well, yeah, and that's uh, a, a good point. I mean, I mean, they will obviously lose eventually, but as we always say, enjoy it when you can, and... We were talking about this on the on the face-off show. Really, once you kind of get longer than than five, even that's that's a pretty substantial winning. I mean, if you think about it, if you win eight in a row, that's a tenth of the season. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good that you've locked down. Uh, in the history of the NHL, there have been thirty-two winning streaks of eleven games or longer, including this one. When you yeah. think think that's... about that's not that many, uh, and a whole bunch were at. So if the Oilers do get to twelve then they'd have one of the 19 longest winning streaks ever. Like, it's it's hard. Like, well, and just looking, again, looking at their schedule, going the, the remainder of this this month, uh, the Oilers will be favored in every game. The toughest game coming up probably will be Calgary on Saturday night. They're playing a Seattle team that has played well as of late, but they've, they're have they on a three and four, and they're flying all the way from yeah, the Pittsburgh East Coast. Rangers Pittsburgh and then here. And then here. So that's going to be a tough stretch for them. They're, they just lost one of their best players. Matty Beniers is injured right now. Uh, and then next week, the, again, teams that are outside the playoffs, the Edmonton Oilers are playing against. The Oilers needed to have a good run when they played this January schedule, and they have. Uh, they've set themselves up quite nicely. And what and the one thing that we talked earlier in the, in the year when, about catching teams in the playoff race, teams will find 
losing streaks. Teams will find times during the season where they're beat up and injured. Right now, the Vegas Golden Knights, are they just lost Eichel now for a few weeks. They have a ton of injuries. The LA Kings have run into a bit. I think they have one win in their last nine or ten games right now. The Oilers are moving up in the standings. They have, I mean, the three hottest teams in the NHL are three teams from Canada, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Winnipeg, yep. and I think that's great for Canadian hockey. Yeah, 4-2 of the Oilers win it tonight. Whenever they score five or more in the game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the census, and... Yeah, you're right. L.A., one win in their last 10. Four overtime losses, but still, that's mm-hmm. only, well, it'll be six points out of 20. Um, so they are a point ahead of the Oilers. The Oilers do have a game in hand on the uh, on the Los Angeles Kings. And here's the thing. The Oilers are six points behind Vegas. They have four games in hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so well, it's it funny because there was a lot of people that said the Oilers had zero chance of catching anyone in their division. And by the end of January, they might be ahead of two of them. Well, the, the, I thought the Oilers would play better. And I thought even when they were doing poorly, they would challenge for a, a playoff spot. I, but as I, and I said this on air, so mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything that will, will surprise people who have listened, but I, I thought this is going to be a mm-hmm. year-long process. To, like I would have not been surprised if they would have played well and maybe not been a back in the playoffs until March. And if you think about it, so they've gone 19-3 and three in their last 22. Mm. If they'd gone 15-7, and seven, which is still which really good. pretty good, they'd be eight points off the yeah, I know. Spot, but I, like, that shows you how hard it is to make I, a crown. I've, I've never had any question whether this team would make the playoffs. They're just too good a team not to. At the beginning of the season, they were a good team that played terrible. Now they're a good team that's playing great. They, they are good. And I, I've yet to see a team where I feel the others going into, they, uh, the opposition team is the better team. I, I just don't see that right now. Um, now, again, this is regular season, and last year the best team, one of the best teams in the history of regular seasons, Boston Bruins, they didn't get out of the first round. So it means nothing. And this is the great thing about, for, for, and this is one of the reasons I don't watch standings or I care where the Oilers end up in the regular season. This Oilers team is not going to be judged on what they do this regular season. They could finish the rest of the year going 34-6. and six. If they don't go far in the playoffs, it will be for naught. This team is going to be judged on what they do in the playoffs. So, to me, it's uh, they are just continuing to have auditions, continuing to work on things, continuing to prepare for a playoff run. And right now, it's funny, the, the Oilers management team, they got a, what's the deadline, five weeks away? Five and a half weeks away? Yeah, we something along that line, yeah. And they've they're got some hard decisions because right now, everybody playing for the Oilers is doing as much as they could possibly do to make sure that they're still around here come the playoff push. And, and, and another theme in all this, Rob, is, is we talk about the power plays for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. They have put together this streak with limited, underwhelming contributions from the power play. I mean, I know, well, yes, game winner yeah. in Montreal. Both teams were 0-1 tonight, so it wasn't a big factor of the game, but a, a sub 20% power play over the course of this winning streak. Well, and it's 11 straight. I believe it's five power play goals in 11 games, and they've got 11 straight wins. This is a team that didn't win five-on-five five battles. This is a team that would, uh, at the end of the night, a three-for-four night got them a 4-3 win. Uh, they are finding a way to win five-on-five, five. and and I like the, the way they're using their lines. I know that they're... I don't know if their fourth line gets much more 
ice time than when Woodcroft was coaching. But the fourth line here does play at different parts of the game. They have been out with six minutes to go in a hockey game or five minutes to go in a hockey game. That never happened before. They would get three shifts in the first period, two at the beginning of the second, and then they wouldn't get a shift the rest of the game. Uh, the, the, impl- the deployment of the, 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 the lines and the players has been very good. I liked when Chris Knobloch talked about, why did you put McLeod out? He named a couple of things, but he also said, I looked to see how much ice time each player had. He's very cognizant of that. So uh, they're getting contributions through the, throughout their lineup. It's not on the back of Leon. It's not on the back of Connor. Uh, and that's what makes this team a, a special team to play right now because you can't just shut down one player. I mean, you told the Toronto Maple Leafs, we're going to have a one nothing league. We're going to have a 2 nothing league game in this game. And we're going to hold Connor McDavid to a single assist. Pretty sure they would have felt they were going to come out with a victory. McLeod with a goal and an assist in 12.58 of ice time. That was his only shot on goal. Uh, Evander Kane led the Oilers in shots, six in 18.58, and really his best scoring chance when he drove down the left wing and, and <laughs> cut it. I mean, that's the, that's the most assertive play Kane has made in a while. Too bad he couldn't cash that in. It was, and that was poor defensive coverage by the Toronto Maple Leafs. He, he had the forward that was chasing him. He had him by a step, and no Toronto defenseman came over to pinch that off, and Kane realized that. I thought Kane... There were glimpses of his game getting back on track, but there was also a lot of uh, hope plays, plays where he threw the puck hoping it would turn out to be a good play and turned it over. And I know that our colleague Bob Stoffer, because I don't listen to the game, I could hear him in the stadium tonight when Kane turned the one over and it turned out to be a Nylander breakaway. In, uh, that would have been in the second period. Uh, they need to get Evander Kane going. That's the best. I mean, this Oilers team's won 11 straight. Evander Kane has not played like Evander Kane. Their power play has not played like their power play. Connor Brown, who was supposed to be their top six, still has zero goals goals on the season. Yeah, this team's won 11 straight and 19 of their last 22. 4-2 tonight over the Maple Leafs. We have Chris on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How are you guys doing tonight? Quite well. Uh, a few things I wanted to just talk about. Uh, first off, uh, I actually wanted to give a shout-out to you, Rob. I did listen to, uh, or actually I watched your interview you did with uh, Nick Kiprios this afternoon. It was a very good one. I enjoyed uh, listening to your talk. Thank you very uh, much. I, I, I messed up my I, Wi-Fi, so it didn't look very good, so I hope it well, sounded good. <laughs> it sounded good. Well, I was you, you beat me to it. I was going to say, I hope your cat didn't do too much damage to your camera. I know it was talking it around a bit, so... <laughs> Yeah, no, the cat. The uh, cat's but, uh, got. He's in a timeout at the house right now. No, I uh, don't blame that in the slightest. Uh, but uh, first off, still like great game this was tonight. Like you know, back and forth, and uh, you know, Skinner continues to uh, shine more and more each time, and uh, it continues to be very impressive and uh you know it, it's showing why you know it, it's not a fluke why he was named you know runner up for the Calder last year and like yeah he might have had a rough start to the season like the entire team did it's not like you know you can point to one guy who was like oh you know i'm doing my part and you know oh everybody else needs to be doing theirs like nobody was doing that at the start but just seeing how the team's coming together right now and Reed, you said too with you know just how very sparse the power play has been it's almost a good thing when you look at the streak right now because it's not being something they're having to rely on 
as much in this streak. Like, you know, if it was a case where it's like, oh, hey, you know, of their, what is there, 41 goals they have now in this streak? Like, if it was like 25 of them are on the power play, then it's like, oh, yeah, that's a little too much relying on it. But uh, the fact that it's not, it's, uh, it's a much better sign and uh, I think better sustainability down the road. Yeah, that's uh, a 40, really good point. Uh, 43-19, the uh, goal differential over the 11-game streak. So, and they haven't scored that many empty netters, have they? When was the last time they got an empty netter? Um, I can't remember. Um, well, the last two games were in overtime. They didn't in Chicago. They didn't against Odwin because Hyman got the power play goal. A week and a half, that's as far back as I go. I can't remember who the Oilers played last <laughs> game, so you're better was, than me. That was before it was cold. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're not, I'm not saying teams, I mean, empty netters are good, but it's not as if they got, you know, a plus 15 goal differential with eight empty netters. No, no, and and I like that Evan Bouchard, he just kept everyone in suspense when he iced it today and got it just two inches over the goal line. We got Sir Robert on the Certainty Hotline as well. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Rob, you're going to talk to Rob. I'm looking up their last empty netter. Okay, okay, well, uh, but I think uh, obviously tonight, I mean, they didn't uh, didn't start well. I thought like with the, that goal, uh, 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 thirty seconds in there, but uh, and then then you saw the Leafs just for like those uh, those first few shifts, they just kept they just kept coming and coming in waves, and you know, and uh, I totally agree. Like you're saying, it could have been could have been two or three nothing, and game could have been over within the first six or seven minutes. But Skinner again, he just he's I mean, I think I've said this several times that, like, that uh, you know, like he makes the saves he needs to make when he needs to make them. Sure, he lets in a goal or two, but you know, like he's not he's not letting in that. We're not seeing that goal that's more or less uh, the uh, backbreaker that we were seeing earlier on in the season. Yeah, no, Skinner's been excellent. I mean, when you win 11 straight, I think you're you're, have, you're gonna have to look hard to find someone that isn't playing well. So the others, they're getting. Uh, good efforts from just about everyone in the lineup every night, and Stuart Skinner and Calvin Pickard in the game that he's played yep. uh, have been very, very good. And Stuart Skinner, that was a big night for him tonight. When you beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, you know all of Canada is watching this game. The excitement level of it. He talked about how loud it was, and didn't phase him. The game, the moment hasn't been too big for Stuart Skinner in any of these games. So that just bodes well for the others going forward. I'm pretty sure that's their only empty net goal on the 11 game winning streak. Oh, there you have it. I trust you. You've got a little book in front of you. Well, I'm just flipping back through all my notes, which I know is handwritten. But, I mean, they, they won a couple convincingly, so there weren't empty letters in those. Shootout against the Kings. Oh, wait a minute. Did they get one when they beat the Devils 6-3? No, they didn't because they scored four goals in the first nine minutes of the third. Okay, anyway. Oilers win 4-2 tonight over the Leafs. We'll get to a couple more phone calls. You're going to hear from McLeod. And dry Seidel, 11 in a row for the Oilers. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Point. CeCe on the right point. His shot all just tipped wide. Out of the right wing corner. McLeod. Scott! Great. 
They would win it 4-2. McLeod's eighth of the season with 3.05 left as the game winner. Here he is. That was like a fun game to be a part of out there. What was it like? Uh, yeah, you know, it was a great atmosphere. They also had a lot of fans in here too. So, um, you know, high intensity. I think it uh, almost felt like a playoff game. It was, it was really, really fun though. They scored like yeah, I just, just kind of got thrown together and uh, just kind of thought trying to get to that as much as I can. And, you know, luckily I got a little wrap and a little bit of room. Connor kind of pulled everyone to him, so it worked out well. Maybe just, I mean, you shoot the puck there and that's the right play to make it a moment there, but is that just, just something that you're trying to do is get that shot away when you can? Uh, yeah, there I was kind of looking past the whole way. <laughs> I kind of drifted okay. a little bit outside the dot or a little bit out and then kind of at the last second looked at that and saw a little lane and, and took it no one in. You have, uh, when this coach came in, he talked about giving players roles. So you've got penalty kill. You've got guys, you know, fourth-line players take tough matchups. Just, just maybe a thought on sort of the bottom six on this team and what it seems to be empowered to do. Yeah, I think we're building something great. Um, yeah, I think we're contributing a lot of ways other than score sheet. I think we're... You know, shutting down a lot of guys. You know, we're, we're doing amazing on the penalty kill right now, um, creating a lot of energy. So, um, you know, the more we can do that, I think the more success we'll have in the, in, uh, the top six and as a team. So it's uh, it's been good so far. Trailing going into the third period, you guys seldom look this comfortable with that. Uh, can you just sort of let us in on what happens in here, you know, when you're in that situation? Uh, yeah, when you win, you know, 10 in a row, it's pretty... You know, pretty confident group going into the third period. You think you're going to win many games. So kind of just went in with that confidence and it, you know, came out on top. What was it like going back to center after missing a game on the weekend? Uh, you know, maybe a shift or two, kind of a little bit off, but uh, you know, picked it up uh, you know, kind of where I left off, and you know, it was great. Stu tonight just seemed to be there when you guys were maybe not quite there to begin with. Yeah, he was amazing. He, uh, you know, we were down two, but we could have been down you know, a few more, and, and he really kept us in the game even when we, uh, you know, just got one back. He you know, made a couple of huge saves, you know, two-on-one. He made a huge glove save, so, um, you know, that game's, you know, really doesn't uh, happen without him. Two heavy collisions in the crease, two with the goaltender. <laughs> yeah, you know, you never want to see uh, guys going into your crease like that, and uh, especially with, you know, the way Stewie's been playing, it's, it's uh, scary. So, um, you know, glad he's okay, and, and uh, yeah, he, uh, he battled tonight. It was, it was really fun to watch. Yeah, that's Ryan McLeod uh, for a chunk of the season earlier. Uh, the story was that he hadn't scored, finally got that empty netter November 30th against Winnipeg, so eight goals in the last month and a half. Well, uh, and it's good. it's funny, and you saw it tonight with the Oilers, uh, when they got up 4-2, they pulled, the the, the Leafs pulled their goalie again. 45 seconds All left. of a sudden, the Oilers throw Connor Brown out there trying to get him a goal, and I, I know from experience that looking at a game sheet because in every dressing room there's all these game sheets that you can just look up you check out who's going around the league what the other teams are doing if you look at that and you've got a zero beside your name it affects you and it was an empty net goal that McLeod got but all of a sudden he had a one beside his name he's no longer had zero goals there's no longer the pressure to go out their next game and make sure you score a goal or get get off this night and he scores that goal and I believe it was the very next game he scored again yeah so it, it just it's a little confidence man it's so it's so silly because you just shot the puck into an empty net it and it, it's in a and usually it's a nothing goal because the game is more or less decided yet you get that you feel better about yourself and you gain a little bit of confidence so hopefully 
Connor Brown will have that same sort of puck luck that McLeod got once that first one went in because McLeod now is playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, he had a goal and an assist tonight, and both were great plays. They weren't uh, off the shin pad or threw a, a, a grenade somewhere in a second assist. He made two great plays to score to create two goals for the Oilers when they needed it most. 4-2, the Oilers win. We have Tony on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Tony, go ahead. How's it going, boys? Good. So, um, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, 11 straight. Um, been out of town. It's amazing because a lot of Oilers fans were doom and gloom. Oh, we're going to miss the playoffs. You know, we don't have a chance. And now we're one point back of L.A. right now. And it's just nice that this team finally woke up. And I understand people are getting upset because Kane isn't scoring. But tonight he did one thing that I know he's not scoring and he's not doing what he usually does. And people can blame injury or whatever. But the one thing he did that really impressed me tonight was he was shooting when he doesn't usually shoot. And another thing was, was when he took, I think it was McCann, away from Skinner instead of just letting him sit on Skinner. I understand he's not scoring, but we have other guys doing that. And Kane will come back. I'm just wondering, would you guys keep him in the top six or no? Um, that's, that's a tough one because uh, he had glimpses of the old Evander Kane tonight. He also, as I said, there was a lot of turnovers. There was a lot of forcing plays that... Uh, you didn't see from him in the past and what sometimes that's a player that's looking for something good to happen. Uh, as far as shooting, I don't think that's ever been an issue for Evander Kane. He's not afraid to shoot and he's been, even during this stretch, he has, he has, every time he's on the power play, when his unit gets out there, he is shooting the puck. The, 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 the one thing though that I noticed tonight, the biggest thing that stood out was the hit he threw on Austin Matthews. Yep. That was a big hit. Uh, a tad late, might have surprised Austin Matthews, but that's a big hit. And when you can knock Austin Matthews down, he's a big man. So to me, uh, they need Evander Kane playing what he's capable of doing. Uh, I don't see them changing the lines around. I do believe he will start with Leon uh, next game, and hopefully something will find the back of the net for him too because he needs a little bit of a confidence boost as well. And you will hear from Leon Dreisaitl in a couple of minutes. Oilers win again 4-2 over the Maple Leafs. We're in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Up the right wing, bringing it out is McDavid. Comes into the Toronto zone. Cross ice to Echo. Back to Bouchard. Now over to Dryside. Old Scott! His 21st of the season from a sharp angle, a backhand that fooled Martin Jones. That started the Oilers' comeback from a 2-0 deficit. They beat the Maple Leafs 4-2. Here's Leon. Just a thought on the job your goalie did to kind of hold down the fort for you guys. Uh, yeah, he was, he was amazing, uh, especially early on. Um, I guess throughout the entire game, he, he made some big stops um, at the right time. Um, it's been it's been great for a long time now, so um, it's a really, really good game of him. How would you describe kind of the flow of that game, the way the way it started and what it took to get back to it? 
I thought it was just a really competitive, good hockey game. Um, you know, it's a good team over there, lots of skill. Um, they defend really well, actually, for how much skill they have, you know. Um, so, obviously, uh, we showed some um, composure again and, and um, you know, stuck with it. So, um, it's another huge, huge win for us. Where is that composure coming from? Now, like what, what it yeah, I think if if you do it a couple times and you you, you win a couple uh, games late, um, a certain way you, you you build trust in that and you build uh, a, a level of comfort in, in knowing that there's no rush to uh, open it up and, and score in the first minute of the third period to tie it up. Um, so I think it's just a maturity level that that we're reaching right now that obviously needs to continue to develop and, and get better. But um, yeah. You searched, your team has searched for that solution for geez, probably a really long time. How, you know, how big a deal should we make of the fact that you look like a team that's starting to win those games by habit now? Well, it's definitely big, uh, especially um, you know in, in, in May and June. Um, those those games, they're all going to be tight. Um, but. I would have to say that we've, we've shown it before, we've done it before, um, you know, we, we've, we've gone far in the playoffs before, so um, I don't think it's only this year, but I feel like um, there's a level of composure, um, maybe hitting, hitting the next level a little bit this year. You have McLeod on the, on the board, Ryan on the board, you had a fourth line that took some shifts against Matthews, maybe you thought on all of that. Yeah, that's that's our team right now. Um, you can send out any line against any matchup and, and be okay with it, and all all know what we're doing and um, commit to that. And um, you know, obviously, a couple of really really big goals by um, Clouder and, and, and Ryan also. Um, you know, they they've been great uh, for for a long time as well. Now. Could you have a new line cooking there with you, Connor and, and McLeod? Do you think you have something? There? <laughs> we'll see. I, I I wouldn't split up the first line right now. Not quite yet. Yeah. You've been here for a while through good times and bad, and I know it's only the regular season, but how good does it feel now that you guys are doing what you're doing? Yeah, it feels great. Um, of course, winning winning always feels great, but um, you know we've worked extremely hard uh, to, to put ourselves back into it, and by no means are we anywhere where we can let off the gas. You know That's something that, that we need to be aware of, and I thought we did a great job of that tonight again, and obviously... Um, you know, we're not even halfway through the season yet, so uh, there's lots, lots of hockey left to be played. Thanks, Dale. So the Oilers have gone from two nine and one to twenty four fifteen and one. Forty nine points in forty games, six thirteen points percentage. They are currently the better of the two wildcard teams in the Western Conference. Nashville is the other, also with forty nine points, but the Oilers have played four fewer games than the Predators. Quickly checking the other town scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Flames beat the Coyotes 3-2 in overtime. The Blackhawks beat the Sharks 2-1. Shootout went nine rounds. The Jets, they are hot as well. 4-2 win over the New York Islanders. L.A. struggling, losing 5-1 to the Stars. Capitals shut out Anaheim 2-0. Avalanche outscored the Senators 7-4. And the Oilers' next opponent, the Seattle Kraken, lose on the road. Their second loss in a row, 5-2 against the New York Rangers. That is our next game broadcast on Thursday, courtesy of the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. Kraken at Oilers, 5.30 for the face-off show. Game at 7. Get more on this one. 
more on the Oilers on 630Chet.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Brendan Escott for his work on tonight's post-game story and for bringing us the audio from the Oilers dressing room. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at the 630Chet Broadcasting Compound. The Oilers extend their team record, 11 consecutive victories, trailing the Leafs 2-0. Late in the second period, they rally for a 4-2 decision. Ryan McLeod with a goal and an assist. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.